Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this cosmic challenge, (laughs) you know, living on earth is a cosmic challenge, right? I hope that you're able to discern and figure out what really matters to you. Uh, what's really important, uh, to those of you who plan to ascend to the fifth dimension. (laughs) I mean, if you're just here as a looky loo and you just are going to die rather than grow, then I'm not talking to you right now. (laughs) Although I'm assuming if you're here and you're listening to the show, it's because you're on this spiritual journey also. And when I mean ascend, I don't mean like the spaceships, spaceships coming along is going to pick us up, you know, and, and now that's it. I mean, for some of us, that might happen. Who the hell knows? But who knows what's in store for all of us? But when I say ascending, um, if you're new and, and you're um, brand new to the show, uh, basically, we're all trying to raise our vibration here so that we will effectively eventually be in the fifth dimension, which is just a higher vibration. It's like we're phasing up and out of the fifth dimension, but we're still going to be here. If that makes sense, the, um, everything in the universe is expanding and and growing and getting, um, higher in vibration. Um, everything, everyone is growing at once in the whole universe, not just this planet. So I was really impressed with another thing that the uh, Arcturian Council channeled through Daniel Scranton this week. So this has been pretty much an Arcturian, um, this has been an Arcturian based week, I guess. This is our third time uh, looking at them. I did channel them myself on um, Wednesday, of course, but you know, yesterday's show basically. Um, I am recording this a little late. Um, I just, I was so sick yesterday. I couldn't do it. I was exhausted all day long that there's something with the solar winds that have been coming. Um, and I'll probably get to talking about that in Friday's show, which I plan to do also today, which is Friday. So I'm going to do two shows at once today and, um, you know, get us all caught up there. Anyway, I, I was looking at this channeling by uh, Daniel Scranton and he, um, labeled it what really matters to the ones who are ascending. So that's pretty much all of us. If you're listening into the show, you're ascending. All you need to do to ascend, you know, is just raise your vibration basically. So I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. And then we're going to go over what, uh, my take is on this and, and, my thoughts and what I can add, what prime creator can add. Um, anyway, here we go. Uh, so this is by Daniel Scranton. You can find him at danielscranton.com. I do uh, promote him because he is an incredible human being and he does this every day. He channels for like five or 10 minutes every day. And uh, as opposed to me, they do it for an hour, <laughs> but he's a direct channel. He allows them to take over his body and everything. So He's, um, he's pretty special as a person and I, I find him to be a very clear channel, um, overall. So here we go. Greetings. We are the Arcturian council. We are pleased to connect with all of you. We're on our way to becoming more of who we really are. And we can feel that sensation. 
We feel expansion and growth all the time and we do not have to experience trauma, tragedy and challenges to get there. So they're talking about themselves. They, they don't need to feel those things. However, we do feel so much compassion for all other beings who do experience unpleasant, unwanted and downright horrible circumstances that we feel we are right there with you when you are facing your traumatic experiences in life. Not having bodies or singular identities does have its advantages. We don't get caught up in things that do not matter. We understand the impermanence of that which is physical, like your bodies, for example, and all of your stuff and money. So we don't get caught up in all that drama that people like humans on earth tend to get caught up in. And that serves us very well. We get to stay focused on the expansion, the evolution, the becoming, and the feeling of moving movement forward. We invite you to identify more as that, which is growing, expanding, evolving, and ascending. Even though you will have bodies in the fifth dimension, and you will have personalities and you will have a sense of identity. Those things are not really what is ascending. Your soul is ascending, which is your true self. And it's the eternal infinite part of you that operates in the same ways that we do. It takes the expansion and goes for the feeling of it rather than getting caught up in what is temporary there on your world. Your soul doesn't care who's in power politically. Your soul doesn't care how much money you have in the bank. Your soul isn't concerned with what type of home you live in. Your soul is in it for the journey. And it really is the journey that matters. And the journey is something that you may not always be able to quantify physically, but you can always feel it. Therefore, do not keep score. Do not look at what you've been able to manifest or how many spiritual gifts you've been able to manifest as indicators of how well you've been doing as souls, as a being who is ascending. As someone who is awake, we recommend that your that you concern yourselves with what you can feel, how open your heart is, the amount of kindness you are spreading around, how many people you have smiled at today. You can experience this expansion, this evolution of your consciousness in so many beautiful ways that you have nothing to do with the physical and what is happening in your world right now. Nothing is going to stop you from ascending. And no one with a negative agenda can prevent you from doing anything, but you can prevent yourselves from enjoying this process and experiencing it fully. And we want you to enjoy it fully. So we encourage you to believe in yourselves as the non-physical essence that you really are and only keep score of how you're feeling in the moment versus the previous one and, ver and versus how good you could be feeling or vibrating right now. Keep focused on what matters and everything that does materialize in your world will follow. We guarantee it. We are the Arturian Council and we have enjoyed connecting with you. Okay, so this was sent to me in my mailbox. Um, oh gosh. And see, when did he channel this one? It was this week. Um, all right. November 16th. So yeah, like three days ago. All right. So... 
probably it just went against what they said just went against something I, I said in general, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, we are going to vibrate higher, but so anyway, I, I like that they have a different perspective. They are light beings. They are in the ninth dimension, at least the ones that he channels and the ones that I channel. So I know that humans uh, also exist in the fifth dimension and also in heaven in the seventh dimension, although they're in the process also of moving up heaven to the ninth dimension, which means they're vibrating higher. So as we move up, so do the people, our relatives that died, our friends that died, um, they're in heaven and they're at the vibration of the seventh dimension because they don't need physical bodies, even though they have bodies, but they're different. They're just different. They're more, um, maybe wispy. They appear solid when you're there, but it's different anyway. So, um, I just wanted to go over this and see what I can add to it. If anything. So we're on our way to becoming more of who we really are. And we can feel that sensation. They, they believe it that they're feeling, I mean, they are feeling the sensations in their, um, you know, light beings. Well, they, they don't feel sensations the way we do. Obviously they're not in bodies the way we are, but, um, they're feeling expansion and growth all the time. That's really cool. And see, they don't get to experience a trauma, tragedy and challenges because they're not in a bipolar world. We have bipolarity here. We've got the, um, you know, hot and cold up and down left and right. Yes. I know we have all the opposites, good and bad, you know, good versus evil. You know, we have all those things because, um, we need to, uh, learn discernment. That's what we learn here in the third dimension. We learn, um, what we like, what we don't like. We have, um, everything is, it's binary. You know, there's two, uh, things you can be, you know, you can be hot or you can be cold, you know, or, you know, if you're cold, that's the absence of heat technically, but these things are opposite. We consider them to be opposite, right? And they don't have that in the ninth dimension because everything is unified. It's unity. And we're going into unity consciousness from in our physical bodies. And we're going to be there soon. Um, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> so, um, so it's interesting that they're seeing what we're going through. I mean, they don't have physical eyes, but they're like, they, they're experiencing our point of it when they focus on us and they're seeing what we're going through and they're just wanting us to know that they see us where they're feeling that they're with us right now and they're facing they're helping us face our traumatic experiences in life so maybe you can have them help you if you're having particular issues with your shadow selves you're going through your shadow work and you're feeling alone and unsad you can reach out for the Arcturian Council. Ask them to send you um, extra love and um, energy to help you get through this hard time. So, um, so they're saying that it does have advantages not having a body or a singular identity. So they identify in groups. They identify with each other in and out. You know, like they said um, in my channeling um, for you know, the last show I did, they said something about, um, they just appear as a rainbow sometimes when it's, when they're all in a group together, you know, and it's like an ever changing rainbow shape because it depends on which entities or which light beings are with them and which ones aren't. 
and everyone has like a little bit, it's like an identity, but it's different. It's like, you know, like you might be fuchsia and your sister might be pink, you know, (laughs) and you're still kind of the similar, you know, but they don't have families like we have. It's a little, it's, it's a lot different actually. So, but they do say that they understand the impermanence of physical stuff, like our bodies and our stuff and our money. That's true. It's all impermanent. Like, you know, it's important while we're here, but we need to focus on, you know, our spiritual things. And I'm focused on getting money and getting stuff in a way because I need to improve like where I'm at physically. And we're, I'm not saying that we need to stop all that, but we need to know that if we spend a good hour a day focused on, you know, the spiritual stuff, at least if not every hour for 10 minutes, you know, um, five, 10 minutes, just sit and and focus on expanding yourself. It's going to come. I do agree with them, but it's not like, um, you should, when they say don't get caught up in all that, all of that drama that people on humans, like humans on earth get caught up in. Well, and that serves us very well. Well, we, they don't, they said, you know, we don't get caught up in all that, which is good. It's, it does have its advantages, but, um, so they're able to focus on the expansion, but here on earth, we need to be able to, you know, make the money and then bring home the bacon or well, in some cases, the faking, <laughs> you know, we have to, uh, do what it takes, you know, to, um, we need to do what it takes to live here. But at the same time, we need to also focus on the expansion and they are true. What they're saying is truly, it's the truth. It's, we need to focus on that also. So the evolution, the becoming, the feeling of movement forward, they get to focus on it hundred percent of the time, which is awesome because as they focus on their own expansion and they expand, we're expanding with them too. We are going up with them as well. All of the boats are going to rise at high tide, you know? Um, and that's kind of how that's the principle on the ocean at high tide, all the boats rise and we are all the boats <laughs> and we are all rising together. So, so what else? It's the next thing that they said is, uh, we invite you to identify more as that, which is growing, expanding, evolving, and ascending. And I think we need to focus on that too. Just, you know, keep reminding yourself, you know, um, you're going to have, we will have uh, bodies in the fifth dimension. That's good to know. You're going to have your personality, right? It's good to know this. You're going to have a sense of identity still. That's good to know. You actually still have all this in the seventh dimension. You just, just that you uh, don't have your body in the seventh dimension, not like this, which is just as well. You don't need to eat in heaven. That's good. You don't need to go to the bathroom in heaven. That's also very good. You don't have to worry about your digestion <laughs> or taking medicine in the seventh dimension. You're fine. You don't have a body anymore. Thank God. You know, it does kind of, it takes a lot. You could study though. There's books in the seventh dimension. You know, we're going to have rock concerts. We're going to go see Robin Williams perform on stage, you know, um, all kinds of stuff in the seventh dimension, but here in the fifth or in the fifth dimension where we're almost there vibrating at that level. Um, but so, all right. So we're going to have all those things, but it says you're going to have a sense of identity, but these things are not what is ascending. 
See, now that's interesting, isn't it? So our physical bodies is not really what's ascending. It's our soul that's ascending, our true self, the eternal infinite part of us that operates in the same ways that we do. So it takes expansion and goes for the feeling of it rather than getting caught up in what is temporary on the world. So that's true. Your soul doesn't care about anything other than expanding and growing and learning and getting spiritual. So if you want to, I mean, we have to raise the vibration of our bodies, but it's our soul that's expanding. So when you're eating, for example, vegan, because you think that's going to help you expand and ascend faster, there have been ascended masters that eat meat. Just saying. Hashtag just saying. You know, um, it's not what you're eating that expands and it's your soul that expands. Now remember what Jesus said in our reading for this week was that our soul is our kingdom. We sit on the throne of our kingdom and, and we feel that, in, in, which is in, in, eternal love. almost said internal love. It is that too. But it's eternal love. We have this intense feeling of, of love that um, permeates everything. And when we can, you know, focus on that energy of love, <clears throat> that's one way that we expand. That is the highest vibration there is, is just pure love that doesn't have any... Um, attachments to it whatsoever, you know, like, um, that in impersonal love, like not, it's not mean or whatever. It's just pure love. It's, it's, it can be utilized in a wide variety of ways. Love between friends, love between brothers, love between lovers, love between husband and wife, love between mother and child, father and, and, um, child, whatever, you know, but that pure, pure, pure sense of love is what we are at our core essence. That's who we are. And as we focus on that, our souls expand. So, um, the cat just jumped up here and moved my, <laughs> she's mad because I wouldn't let her lay on the computer. She knows she's not allowed on there. And yet anyway, um, so, all right, now we're back to where I was. <laughs> so we need to stay focused on the expansion, the evolution, the becoming of who we are and the feeling of movement forward. So, but we're going to have bodies. We're going to have personalities. We're going to have a sense of identity. We're going to have all of that. But the ascension is in our soul uh, at the soul level is where it comes from. So we're trying to rev up our bodies. Yes. Are we sloughing off? I believe that we are going to be less dense physically, but we're still going to be physical. So, um, you're not ascending from the point of your body though. And I like that they're saying this because it's something that we haven't really ever talked about to this level, to this extent, like, Sure, we're taking our physical bodies to the fifth dimension, but we're not going to be like, boop, and now we're up on another level, on another dimension, and the house you lived in is just suddenly gone. That's not true. Let me ask God, is that true? Are we going to leave and boop in another dimension and not see our house anymore? No. Are we going to be in the houses we're in right now? Yes. See, this is why I'm working on 
getting money and getting the house of my dreams <laughs> so that when I am vibrating at the fifth dimensional level, at least I still have a place to live because we're still going to have our physical bodies. We're still going to have our physical needs. We're still going to eat. Yeah. And I'm asking, and yes, we are. But, um, if you're stuck focused on only the material stuff in the material world, then that's going to stunt your spiritual growth. So it's a balance, you know, it's just about, you know, what's really important. What really matters is having that balance that, um, knowing that you're going to expand, things are going to be okay. Everything is getting better, but you know, um, it's okay if you relax a little bit on that, getting that bag every week, you know what I mean? We need to get, um, right with creating the life of our dreams by focusing on our soul expansion because that's when that's how you get those superhuman powers anyway and those are things that we know (laughs) and it's funny I think because I've been talking about it a lot I think because I know that they look in on me from time to time they did mention that in this one too right so it's kind of funny um you know and they weren't talking to me when it says your soul doesn't care who's empowered politically. Cause I don't really, you know, but money in the bank and type of home you live in, you know, they might be a little bit responding to what I'm going through, but also in general, every human's interested in these things. Right. So, um, so your soul is in it for the journey and the journey is really what matters. Your soul is who you are forever and ever and ever more. If you identify with the soul and not with the body, I think that's what they're trying to talk about. Jesus has been telling us that through the Bible for 2000 years, you know, he did say, um, you know, don't focus on the body so much, you know, the physical things that, you know, isn't what matters. It's cause it's all important. It's, he even said all the things in this world will go away, you know, and that is true. So, uh, let's see. Furthermore, they say, the Arcturians say, don't look at what you've been able to manifest or how many spiritual gifts you've been able to manifest as indicators of how well you're doing as souls, as a being who's ascending. (laughs) I feel so caught right now. I feel so like called out (laughs) because I did a whole episode. In fact, I did, I think two episodes of the superhuman abilities and powers that we'll be getting as we expand our soul. You know, I, I kind of did it as a, Hey, look what we could do as a, as an incentive. I think I'm incentivizing just like I'm being a salesperson for the soul. Hey, right over here. We got some superhero powers right over here. We got some cities who wants to be superhuman. Who wants to have abilities? That's how I feel. I feel like an auctioneer. <laughs> can I, can I get a thousand for the, for the telepathic ability? Yeah. A thousand, 1200, 1500 go sold, <laughs> sold to the pretty young lady for $2,222. <laughs> Boom. You got telepathy young lady. I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel like that's how I, you know, like I'm trying to broker, you know, the spiritual things. And (laughs) so I feel like even though we can't, you can't put a price on any of those things. I'm just joking, but (laughs) I kind of, I feel caught right now a little bit. And it is true. I mean, I feel like the more we go up, the more we rise, the more we vibrate, 
and ascend higher and higher and higher, the more abilities come to us. And the more abilities that come to us, the more we're not so concerned with the abilities. And I do think that that's true. As long as we focus on the journey and not the, you know, said they say, do not keep score. <laughs> you know, so the journey is, you know, you might not always be able to quantify it physically, but you can always feel it. Now, I don't know about you guys. I, I do believe that you can feel it. I do feel it. My soul is like, man, my soul is really like huge. I do feel your soul. It's huge. It's massive. We are massive souls inhabiting a little tiny body, but we're not squished down. Even though it feels squished down into this body where we kind of overlay the body, our souls overlay the physical. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I just, it's hard to explain, but I mean, I've left my body. I've died and come back. And I remember trying to squeeze into this little body. It's how I felt at the time. And it was uncomfortable. And I've talked to other people that have gone through the same thing, near death experiences where you feel like, oh, why am I in this body again? Oh my God. It's so encumbering. It's so low vibration compared to your soul. So your soul is already way the hell perfect, expanded. It's there, but you have to worry about that energy of like, you don't even have to worry about it. You just have to focus on it. I shouldn't, should not have said the word worry there, but so, um, yeah. And don't look at what you're able to manifest or how many spiritual gifts you've been able to manifest. All right. So yeah. Um, that's true. I feel like as we focus on uh, manifestation, because we do have to focus on it a little bit to live here in general, um, you could focus on manifestation, but you should focus on the experience that your soul is having within the confines of the manifestation when you're looking at manifestation. So if you think, well, my soul is manifesting this thing, it's not your brain manifesting it. It's not your mind, your mental body manifesting it because all that stuff eventually will go away. You're going to have your identity, your personality and your soul at the, in, in heaven. That's what you're going to be. And I'm muscle testing to make sure, damn it. That's right. So, um, so yeah, I like this. So don't look at what you've been able to manifest, huh? Yeah. I, I don't think you should be once you manifest things, be grateful for what you've manifested and be grateful with what you have so that more will be added unto you. But don't sit around and pat yourself on the back like I manifested this. Like you could do that for the first, you know, day or two or for a few minutes here and there. But it shouldn't be like every day in every way. I manifested this. Look at me. Oh, my God, I did this. I'm such hot shit. I was able to manifest a house. I was able to manifest a car. I was able to manifest my degree. I was able to manifest my relationship manifest everything. You know, I think that's what they're talking about. Like don't focus on it constantly. That's not important. Once you manifest something, be extremely grateful and have an attitude of gratitude and then see what is the next thing you're going to manifest. But also during the whole journey of it, I think if you identify with your soul versus your body and be grateful that through the soul, you're able to manifest the things you're able to live here, but you're also able to expand your soul with every manifestation as because your lower self, your physical body self wants proof 
of what is going on spiritually, you know, but it is palpable and we do feel it anyway. I do feel a little bit caught there. That's kind of funny. Do you guys feel caught because it's a part of it, but I, I mean, once you manifest something, just realize that it's because your soul was able to tap into it. Like your, you in your physical body, you're able to tap into your soul and your soul is what a spark of the great divine. You're able to tap into God himself through your soul. Cause you are that on that level, on your soul level, even though you are not prime creator, you're just a spark of prime creator. You're still a co-creator with this world. You're a co-creator. Anyway, so they say, as someone who's awake, we recommend that you concern yourselves with what you can feel, how open your heart is, the amount of kindness that you spread around, how many people you have smiled at today. So that's true. The most important things, just, you know, be nice to people, be nice to yourselves, um, love everybody and everything to the best of your ability today. And if you fail, if you end up yelling at somebody, apologize and do better tomorrow. But don't focus on the moment of yelling, you know, or whatever. And by the way, every time you yell or say words or horrible things, or you have an emotional thing, that creates residue on the matrix, like dogs putting fear into the matrix with their barking when they're angry or afraid. And um, it, it does get smoothed over the matrix itself. Like, and I don't mean like how people on on YouTube or Instagram talk about the matrix. I mean the actual fabric of space and time itself. I see it as a matrix and I told you guys that several times. And so I, I feel like, um, it does get, uh, with the expansion of our souls and our collective consciousness, we are able to see these things a little more clear and we're able to, okay, smooth it over ask that that dissolves, you know, but when we put the residue there, it's still being smoothed over. Thank God for us by, you know, birds singing in the daytime and in the morning and, um, the, uh, crickets at night and the frogs at night, wherever you live, there's some kind of creature making a sound. I don't think there's anywhere on earth in which it's soundless unless it's inside of one of them expensive water chamber things that you float the flotation tanks. I think that's probably the only soundless place except maybe the pyramids. And even then the pyramid itself is vibrating at a specific rate. And I think you're going to hear your own heartbeat and possibly the, uh, vibrating walls. I mean, I think that's probably what is going on when you don't feel or you don't hear anything at all. I can't even imagine, honestly, because even when I put in earbuds, earbuds, earplugs, anything where I close my hearing off from the world, I still hear myself breathing. I hear my own body processes. I hear my heart beating. I could still hear everything inside my body, all the things going on even without the outer ear experience, the outer hearing. So I don't know. It's kind of funny. I don't know if there is. So anyway, but anyway, the, uh, but the, the creatures, they, they get all the stuff you put out into the matrix. So it, it is being cleaned up. You are being cleaned up after energetically until you can control yourself, (laughs) which is good news, right? But inside your house, you might have stuck residue. So you do need to take care of that. 
but once you clean out with Palo Santo or with, um, you know, a sage or whatever you can, once you clear that stuff out, you're going to be able to be, uh, much more, um, cleansed and clear. And if you keep focusing on getting better every day and not focus on where you were yesterday or last week when you yelled at the post office man for not getting your package to you undamaged or whatever, you know, like whatever the situation is, don't focus on feeling guilty and afraid of your own emotions or whatever. Like, you know, it's just shit is let bygones be bygones. Shit happens, right? So if you focus on just doing better today, doing better in this moment, and you know, be kind to everybody. And if you and if you lack a day, you know what? Go back, say you're sorry, fix it somehow, and move on, right? So um, nothing is going to stop you from ascending. And no one with a negative agenda can prevent you from doing anything. Yeah, exactly. Like the gray aliens might be doing this or the Dracos might be doing that. You know what? Who gives a shit? They're doing whatever they're going to do. That's not in your world right now. You know, you don't live on the Draco planet right now. You're not in the middle of that. You're doing your thing. They're doing their thing. Let them do their thing. I always think of like the Klingons as like the world's Dracos, you know, I feel like, or reptilians, right? I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of funny to me the way that the Klingons are portrayed and the warlike people. And then people are so scared of that. And so, um, you know, focused on, Oh no. And there's this war in heaven and there's this, this and that. And you know, who gives a shit? Is it truly affecting you right now on earth? Really? Honestly, it's not, it's usually not. So it's not stopping you from ascending and expanding your own soul. They are correct about this. They're correct about all this, by the way, I agree with them. That's why I'm reading this to you. So they say, um, yeah, we encourage you to believe in yourselves and as the non-physical essence that you really are. So that's truly who you are. You know, um, this is why when I channel your relatives for you, when I do readings for you guys, um, they still come through as the personalities that they were when they were here because it is what it is, right? It, you know, you're always going to be who you are. And so if you just focus on who you are and getting better in every way, shape and form, and just keep score of how you're feeling in the moment, as they say, how do you feel better now? Can you feel a little bit better? Is it possible to feel a little better? Just like Abraham says through um, Esther Hicks, just reach up for that next highest vibrational energy. Eventually you're going to live from peace, love, and joy. And you're going to be vibing at the highest possible level. And that's how your soul is going to expand. But this is why I believe your soul is, is, um, you're going through this. Your soul is kind of forcing you in a way to look at the physical shit that did go down. <laughs> the stuff that did happen to your physical body and your emotional body and your, you know, um, the psychological mental body, you know, I think that your life is going to get better with each passing day because your soul is forcing you to take a look at this stuff. It's, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that's gone on, right? It's, um, 
you know, like the things that you've come through, think about it. And I don't know you personally and everything you've gone through. Right. But I do know that every person on earth has gone through some heavy stuff. And for some of us, that's hardly anything at all. And whereas, you know, some other people's heavy stuff is super, super heavy. Like I look at my life and I think, damn, I've gone through some freaking heavy stuff, but then I still have met people who have gone through worse than me, you know? Um, so I can't say I've gone through it all, you know, and I have gone through a lot, but there have been, there have been people who've gone through a hell of a lot more than me and they still come out of it with a lot more clarity and a lot more, um, soul expansion because they did the shadow work and Teal Swan is somebody who I can say for a fact is one of those people. She's been through a hell of a lot more than me. And, um, she is quite clear about psychological things and spiritual things because she forced herself to go through the shadow work. So you got to do that too. I've got to do that too. We're all in the middle of doing that. And as we do it, we're learning and growing and expanding our soul as well. And so we are ascending. What really matters is that we focus on expanding who we are just by being love, being kind, loving each other, you know, giving each other room and leeway and not getting caught up in the drama of shit. You know, like my friend who his twin flame didn't call him and he just went through this emotional tailspin, you know, for days, he didn't call him on time. And he was like, why, what is he doing? What's happening? And I'm like, Oh my, he's like, why am I having these crying jags? Why am I like sitting here like a puddle of tears? I'm just sitting here crying my ass off like a baby. Like I've never gone through this shit in my life. Why am I so affected by this person? Like, cause it's you, it's the other half of your own soul. You want it back. <laughs> You're trying to get it back. And he's like, oh yeah, you reminded me. Uh, and I'm like, but what is it doing when you're going through this thing? It's putting you through your paces. It's putting you through your shadow work. It's putting you through the idea of, of, um, well, I feel, I feel jealous and I feel, um, insignificant, you know, to them. And I feel like I'm not important and well, but did they give you those indications? No. Well, have people in your past given you those indications? Yes. Okay. So you're feeling these things based on experiences you had in the past, but the past is the past, but you need to resolve the past in order to get to the present moment so that that can lead you into your future, which is just a series of present moments. You never really truly get to the future. Um, so that was a conversation that we had to have this weekend. Like, okay. And you're mad. You're worried he's cheating on you because somebody just cheated on you in the past few years. So this is something you need to resolve. You need to know that someone who cheats on you, that cheating has nothing to do with you. The cheating has everything to do with who they are as a, as a, a soul. They're not evolved enough to know not to cheat. They don't care because they're not evolved enough to care yet. Narcissists cheat more often and sociopaths cheat more often than anyone else. And usually when someone cheats and they're not one of those things, they will cop to it right away. You know, within a couple months, they will like, look, I had a little dalliance. I'm sorry. This is what happened. Maybe I don't love you anymore. Maybe we should get a divorce or maybe we should work on it. I don't know, whatever. Let's figure it out. You know, but, um, like people that are like narcissists or sociopathic, they're going to cheat constantly, rampantly all the time. 
you know, it, it happens constantly. They don't care. They literally don't have a consciousness of don't do this, you know, because they're not there yet. They're not at the, that expanded level. So, but, um, but so when you are cheated on, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that, you know, you didn't know that they were a narcissist when you met them, because of course they put on a show for you and, and showed that they were this and they were that and they're wonderful. And you're like, Ooh, I like your confidence. It's you're slightly arrogant, but that's kind of hot. Ooh, because movies tell us it's hot. It's not really hot. It's actually, um, it's embarrassing is what it is. That arrogance, that ego shit, that's embarrassing as hell. When you look at it from a different perspective, from a psychological standpoint, it's like, wow, it's so embarrassing how I'm embarrassed for you that you're allowing your arrogance and your ego to show so much when you know, you don't even have an awareness of it. It's so embarrassing to me. That's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it never was before. I used to think that, Ooh, ooh he's kind of hot. He's got that, that kind of arrogant thing. Ooh. And now I think, Ew, ew, yuck. Uh, I don't like that at all. And I haven't liked that for many years, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that's, that's the first sign, you know, someone who's super arrogant is, um, you know, it's just the, anyway, um, so focus on kindness, focus on, you know, healing yourself, focusing on your, your own shadow work, focus on all those things to expand yourself, but don't focus on it constantly to the point where you're, um, embarrassed to go out of the house because you're constantly crying and upset and angry. You know what I mean? Like don't, um, focus on your shadow work 24 hours a day. I mean, you know, sure. At night when you're, you know, before you go to bed, maybe you want to let go of some things, get it off your chest, so to speak. Then you go to sleep in the morning. You might have a venting dream because you've let go of it. Then let it go. Don't keep focused on the dream. Just go. Thank God. I let that go. Woo. Bye. (laughs) don't, Hey, you know, bad thought. Don't let the you know door hit you on the, on the ass on the way out Bye, you know? So anyway, just focus on the high vibration, the high feelings, the love, the, the kindness, the, um, your ability to expand, right? Girl, you want to say hi to the people? Hey, baby girl, you want to say hi? What you doing? Yeah. She meowed a little bit. Now she won't meow for the people. Sorry about that. Why are you so rude? Got to say hi to people. You're going to come up here. She just wants to sleep on mommy's computer and she knows I won't allow it. Hi, baby. And I love you. Now she's letting me hold her. So that's wonderful. See, I focus on the kindness and the love and the expansion of my soul by holding my beautiful cat. And you can too, if you've got a beautiful cat or a dog or a parrot or a ferret, whatever you have, you can do it. Anyway, um, focus on just that, you know, love your house plants, love your, uh, neighbors and, you know, be kind to strangers. And that's all going to help you expand and learn and grow. Anyway, I'm going to get to the space weather news for, um, this is for Thursday, now, solar wind speed uh, was 481.3 kilometers per second because we were just coming out of that energy of the um, solar wind stream. And the sunspots that have simple alpha class magnetic fields that were showing on the, the face of the sun 
you know, facing us, basically they pose very little or no threat to strong solar flares. So we don't have to worry about that. Uh, yesterday we were on sunspot number 22. Do you remember the day before we were on sunspot number 33? So 22 and 33, put this in your little angel numbers notebook. If you have one, if you're someone who keeps score of the angel numbers you're hearing, there it is. Um, we're still in solar cycle 25, the, uh, space age average, um, the percentage of where we're at as far as the cosmic radiation and the neutron counts, we were at, um, 8.7% and it was, um, a little bit higher is 0.5% more as we come out of the solar wind stream, we have less protection from the sun and we get more bombarded by the gamma radiation from the rest of the cosmos. I did hear something about a micronova exploding um, somewhere out in deep space. Well, that is affecting our energies right now as well. Um, so I don't know more about it right now. If I figure it out and find it, because it's not on this website, I will let you guys know. Anyway, according to the All Sky Fireball Network and NASA's All Sky Cameras, they scan the skies above the United States for meteoritic fireballs every day. And, oh, my beautiful son just shared a post with me. Nice. Love that. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my archangel, Raguel, my baby. That's who he is. Anyway, um, so the network reported 24 fireballs on November 18th. So for Thursday, this is the fireball report. 15 sporadic, 8 were Leonids, and one was a northern Taurid. And so that is the... That's it for the uh, Schumann. I mean, I'm, that's it for the space weather. And now we're on to the Schumann resonance. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> All right, waiting for this to load. All right, so the Schumann resonance for uh, November 18th was power 32. And nothing um, stopped. There was no blank screen after that. It, was, it just had a quick little spike. Didn't last for very long. It's just kind of a blip on the radar. And so if you're in Italy, you might've felt it though, or in Europe, you might've felt it a little bit like a, a overwhelming spike. And you might've felt a little bit nauseous from that. If you're sensitive to energy and if not, then probably you didn't feel anything, which is totally okay. Nothing wrong with that, obviously. So, um, all right. So when we look at the Schumann resonance, for the 2300 hour of the 16th, that's what I'm looking for here now, from HeartMath Institute, this is where we were at on Tuesday, November 16th. Uh, California was at 68 hertz frequency, so they had a sp massive spike. Uh, Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, as well as Northland, New Zealand, remain at zero, so no spikes there. The um, Shimon resonance in uh, Lithuania was at 160 hertz frequency and in Alberta, Canada, they were at 92 hertz frequency and we're on an upswing in Hulului, South Africa, but at the 2300 hour of Tuesday, November 16th, we were at 20, I mean, we were at 387 at the 2300 hour, that's, I mean, basically right before midnight on Tuesday, Hulului, South Africa was at 387 hertz frequency. Woo. Didn't think I was going to get through that. That's crazy. Anyway, just want to, uh, 
get this done today. I'm going to be doing two shows today. So there we have it. Um, I've been going through some stuff, a lot of stuff in the past uh, few days, in the past week, actually, with whatever is going on with me. I feel like I'm a little bit sick. I'm not really sure. I'm sorry I didn't get the show out last night, but I just couldn't. I was asleep, man. I I slept like, I don't know, five or six hours, and I was up for like an hour, and then I just was so overwhelmed and so tired. I went back to bed and slept 12 hours. 12 hours. It was crazy. And then, um, and then I just kept falling back asleep and, you know, I was up for a couple hours and then I went back to sleep again for like four or five hours. And it's just, my body is healing and repairing itself during this time. And, uh, that's why I was unable. And, and I was just weak, physically very weak in spite of the fact that I've been eating and I've been, um, doing right by myself in that way. I I think I'm sick. I don't know. It's weird. I know everyone's having allergies because we have summer now. It's getting hot and we're having a lot of um, pollen in the air. So it could be a combination of that. But man, I was like late last night. I was just, I couldn't stop blowing my nose for hours, hours and hours and hours again. So whatever I got sick with uh, over the last weekend, it looks like I'm there again. I think I'm going to put my keto trip off if I can. I'm waiting to hear back from my, um, my good friend about trying to get my, my national cedula. And if I have to, I still will have to go. And that means the show on Monday and Tuesday is going to be a little, it's going to be a little crazy if I don't get it recorded a day in advance. You all might not have a show on Tuesday until Wednesday. And then I'm going to come be coming home after like, you know, a 12 hour bus ride each way. It's just insane. They always say, wait, you know, expect it to be 12 hours in case, but usually it's like 10 to 11 hours, but still that's a lot of freaking time on the bus, you know? So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to go or not. I still don't know. Um, as far as I know, I have to be there, but you know, to get my cedula, but if I'm sick, they won't allow me in the building. So we'll see, um, whether I have COVID or not, I'm sure. Do I have COVID? God's saying no. Muscle testing says no. (laughs) Do I have a cold? Muscle testing says yes. So yeah, I'm still gonna have to go to the actual grocery store here, but they don't temperature test anymore. So, um, it is what it is. I'm gonna have to maybe, maybe put that off. Maybe I'll put it off till tomorrow and just order pizza today. And stay home with my kitten. <laughs> that's that's the best. She's she wants that. <laughs> I could tell. She's laying across my desk right now, just adorable as hell. Anyway, I'm gonna take a quick break, guys. When I come back, we're gonna talk about um, just for fun the different star seed types. I found a couple interesting websites, although they're not a hundred percent accurate as far as the information. I don't believe. Some of the stuff I was reading, I felt a little bit like, eh, this seems like a little bit like bullshit, but we could talk about that too. I mean, not everybody has the ability to know everything about everything, and I certainly am one of those people. I don't know. I'm not a star seed because I originated on Earth and I'm on Earth now. I have, however, lived on other planets because I was needed there. My energy was needed at certain places at certain times. 
And right now I know I'm currently living two different places uh, besides Earth um, at the moment. You know, I, I'm in two other bodies. I don't know how we do this, it's, but I know that it's true. It's really, really weird. I would like to talk to someone about it else that has been studying this for a while. Maybe I'll find an expert. If you know someone who knows how this can happen, like when your twin flames, you're a soul in two bodies, but the two people that I am currently is not, they're not my twin flames. They're me. So it's a little weird, right? It's, it's kind of confusing, but, um, I hope prime creator someday will clear this up for me. He says, will do. So there we go. I hear his voice all the time. Anyway, guys, <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that deep thought. And we're going to hear from a word from my sponsor. And then I'll be right back. And we're going to talk a little bit about star seeds right after this. This episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, is sponsored by Jupiter Jewels, an independent online crystal store, helping you to connect more deeply with all Jupiterian blessings, including spirituality, abundance, self-growth, and more. Providing affordable shipping across the UK, Europe, and North America, Jupiter Jewels can help you progress on your spiritual path with ease. Visit jupiter-jewels.com today to explore life's hidden jewels. That's jupiter-jewels.com. Right, guys so I am on a website called typicallytopical.com and the article I'm looking at is called 19 starseed types which star system is your soul really from and this is uh, dated May 20th 2021 so it is this year it's new information ish and we have to go slow when we uh, contemplate this sort of a thing because we don't really, really know. You know, if we were going to take Star Trek as an example, you could say, oh, well, I think my neighbor, you know, his name is Jeff. And Jeff is really, really kind of fighting all the time. He's kind of angry, comes at everything and approaches life in a way in which he is quite um, robust and he's always yelling and he's a warrior kind of person. So he's a Klingon, for example, right? If we we're going to use the Star Trek universe, <laughs> you know, as a way of, you know, or so-and-so is very compassionate and she seems to be very empathic. So she's a Bajoran or whatever. So you can't, you know, so we're going to go over this and we're going to make it kind of fun, but we're not going to, um, you know, say this is definitely how it is, cut and dry, the end, (laughs) the end of the story, this is exactly how it is, so, I mean, when we say a personality type, I mean, you know, you can have a trait that doesn't belong to the group that you think you might be from, or whatever, 
And we're going to also talk a few about a few things that this person mentions in the article that I don't necessarily see eye to eye on, you know, I don't necessarily agree with. So anyway, here we go. Um, I like what she says in the beginning. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to read this uh, first sentence and then the first paragraph after that. And then we'll get to the uh, starseed types right away, okay? So she says, did your soul really originate on Earth? Or are you of starseed origin? And then she says, uh, close to 78 million beings on Earth were sent here from planets, galaxies, and star clusters far beyond our solar system. These intergalactic light bringer beings are known as starseeds. Okay, quickly unraveling this. Um, If your soul originated on Earth, you are an Earthling, you are a human, and this is where you're from. However, you are able to travel if you're a mystic traveler and your soul, you know, you've agreed at the soul level to go anywhere where God wishes you to be. You can go and live lifetimes in other places and then come back to earth. And now you might have traits of some of these, uh, places you've been to, um, you know, maybe you were Pleiadian in four or five lifetimes and and now you're earthling again, you can have Pleiadian traits. Sure. Um, so that's one thing to contemplate. Another thing to contemplate is maybe you've only ever been on earth. However, you might have Syrian or, um, Pleiadian or, Lyran DNA, it's possible, and you can tell by your family crest, your family heraldry, uh, depending on what animal is on there, um, on your family crest, you know, if you have any kind of bird at all, you're probably Pleiadian, and that's what I, I heard on a Gaia show, I think it might have been Cosmic Disclosure, I'm not really sure now, but I thought that was fascinating, and I thought, oh my god, I immediately went and looked and I've got dogs, cats, and birds (laughs) on mine. So, I mean, I'm thinking, hey, I must be Pleiadian, Syrian, and Lyran. (laughs) I'm thinking Syrian because Sirius the dog star. That's what I'm guessing is the dogs. But um, a friend of mine told me yesterday that on his family crest, he's got um, a horse. And I thought, well, maybe that's Alpha Centauri. It's quite possible. It's all hidden in plain sight, and they seeded our races a long time ago. Our race, you know, the human race, was seeded by other races, and so we are all genetically mixed, probably, on a DNA level. So what if you never left Earth? You still might have the trait of, you know, the Pleiadians or the Lyrans by, you know, by way of whose DNA is also mingled or commingled with your your own, your own human DNA. So anyway, um, just keep that in mind because it's, this gets a little muddled. It gets a little muddy when you think about this. Um, so it says there are many different types of star seeds walking around on the earth. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. I've met people that it just, there's no way they're from here. <laughs> you know, some people that this is their first time on earth. They've always been on other planets I think the biggest reason is they're here to help expand our um, awareness and our help us in the unfoldment of our soul 
in the big, huge expansion that we're going through, also known as the Ascension. So I believe a lot of starseeds are here to help us with the Ascension. And here comes the damn marching band. I, I don't know if you guys can hear it. All of my, uh, my doors are closed. And this is freaking loud. So you're going to hear this. <laughs> I turned on my fan so that we wouldn't hear the neighbor um, talking. He was talking on the phone. And then um, he turned his music up while on the phone. And then started screaming into his phone because he couldn't hear himself talk over his music. <laughs> like, what? Humans are so weird. Why do, why do they do this? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Just keep your music off. You don't need the music while you're talking on the phone. <laughs> it's like so obvious, right? But anyway, and then and then the landlord came up and they were having a conversation. So I just shut the door so I could finish this episode so I could get to the Friday episode. And um, well, here you have it. <laughs> the marching band now seems like they're closing that down. They're shutting that down right now. Uh, I think that means we probably have a soccer game here tomorrow. Um, I think it's at the school level, but the the Catholic Church puts out their little marching band, and I think to kind of support the the soccer players. I honestly don't know what's going on. It's my guess. But I know that usually when you hear the marching band um, one or two days, all of a sudden on a Saturday following that, now you see the stadium lights and you hear, um, you know, the coites, uh, what do you say? How do you say in English fireworks? And then a lot of people screaming and yelling and cheering and super, super excited and happy. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's all kind of somehow related to each other anyway. Um, so let's get into the starseed types. Okay. So which type of starseed am I, uh, you know, which one are you? I know that I've been um, in many different places, you know, and but I'm looking at this and they're saying, okay, it, you're likely more than one. But then she says, it's rare for a starseed to be a pure breed of only one starseed type because we've often lived multiple lives on many different planets, stars, and systems. Well, okay, if you want to be technical about it, you might be one or two or three, but from a specific, the planet you originated on, the planet in which your soul was created to live on, that is what you are. But like I said, you could travel all over the universe in different lifetimes and end up with the traits of all the different ones too. So, I mean, you know, if you're Pleiadian and you're born in Pleiades in one of the planets there, you know, and then you become a Lyran once, it doesn't make you a Lyran. It just means that you've been maybe influenced on the soul level from the Lyran stuff, right? So, all right. Um, she says most star seeds are what I call hybrid star seeds. I don't want to get into all that. I don't think you're a hybrid star seed if you've lived on two different planets and now you're here. It doesn't make you a hybrid. I don't believe it on that, not on that level. Although if you are a hybrid star seed, if you are from another planet and you know, <laughs> your Klingon father and your Vulcan mother got together. Okay. <laughs> then you would be a hybrid and you know, when you're born on Vulcan, then, you know, that's your, okay. Okay. We're getting away from the star, the star Trek universe. But I mean, 
you know, I just feel like if that's your original thing, then that's your original. That's what you are. Anyway, it says you're likely to have called many different places in the universe, your home over the, over the, you know, lifetimes. And I agree with that. I do. Um, so it says here are the most common starseed types to reincarnate on mother earth or Gaia. So the star seed types on earth, here we go. Uh, Pleiadian star seeds. Okay. We are seeded greatly DNA wise from the Pleiades. Just so you know, uh, lots of Pleiadian, uh, DNA. In fact, most people on this planet probably have some, uh, Pleiadian DNA. So there is a beautiful star cluster known as the seven sisters or the Pleiades spelled P L E I A D E S. And, um, there's a star in the Taurus constellation called Messier 45, Messier 45. That sounds like the last president. Anyway, <laughs> we just call him Messier, Messier 45. Anyway, and it's in the Taurus constellation. If you want to go check it out, um, and according to this article, she says Pleiades is made up of hot blue luminous stars that have formed within the last 100 million years. So still new in comparison to the overall age of the universe. Okay. Uh, blue, by the way, when you see a blue star, that means that it's new. In fact, the more red a star becomes, it is less hot and older. Like us, when we're older, we're less hot. <laughs> okay, so it's actually relatively close to our solar system, the Pleiades. They're 444 light years away from the sun. Wow, 444. Mm, interesting, right? The sun in the Pleiades, um, Alcyon, which is you know one of the stars, obviously, is thought to be seven times brighter than ours. Yeah, because it's blue. And that means it's newer. And when they're newer, they burn brighter. So according to many reports on a crystal clear night, 14 stars out of the 1,000 that have been discovered in that area can be seen with the naked eye. Yeah, I mean, I've seen more than seven for sure. They call it seven because those are the brighter ones that you could see easier. But when the night is really clear and you don't have a lot of light pollution, you do see a lot more. Anyway, um... I, I don't know how to even, she says, according to Western Hermeticism, I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with, um, Hermes Trismegistus, <laughs> but I don't know why she said that, but she says Pleiadians are considered the record keepers of the earth. You know what? I have heard that though, uh, from Cryon and has nothing to do with Hermes or Hermeticism or any kind of mysticism, whatever. Whatsoever, I have, though, heard that they were the record keepers of the earth. Um, I'm not sure if it's true, but I have heard it in more than one place. So, hey, maybe. Who knows? Um, anyway, Pleiadians are highly knowledgeable and have advanced healing abilities, which is why when I channeled them, they told us that we can call upon them when we need help uh, healing. And I totally forgot that until right now. I've been sick for a week on and off, and I don't know now if it's just allergies or what. I'm trying to change my appointment for Monday just in case I'm sick. I'm not really certain. Anyway, um, so the seven sisters of their star group are said to open all those who seek 
a deeper level of consciousness. Well, it's kind of weird that they, that she's saying it like that. I mean, the stars are the stars. I don't think the stars are necessarily, although they can help us reach a deeper level of consciousness. If we accept their light into our bodies and we expand ourselves in accordance with that. So it's just some of the way she write words, things, it's a little strange. So let's kind of go. Um, they're saying that the Pleiades is a school of learning. I think the whole universe is, so I don't know. Um, so she says, why did Pleiadians leave Pleiades? Well, they want to help the human race evolve and get ready for the golden age transformation. I do believe that's true. I do. Um, and she, and so the Pleiadians used to be in the third dimension and then they, um, were able to move up to the fifth dimension, but they did not do it physically like we are. They just basically died. And then when they got reincarnated, they were in the fifth dimension. And so they went through a transformation, but that's how they did it. We are doing it with our physical bodies. So it's harder and it's never been done before in all of the whole universe. So anyway, uh, so they're saying birthplace of love and creativity is a Pleiadians, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they say that Pleiadians are advanced in the arts, uh, as well as things like, um, they're saying, she's saying healing practices like Reiki, uh, that originated on earth. So the Pleiadians, unless they came here and got Reiki, they're not really, I mean, I'm unraveling more of what she says rather than gain right into the meat of it. Sorry about that guys. But it is what it is. Yeah, they don't do Reiki. They do stuff like Reiki. Uh, crystal healing and counseling. Well, yeah, they do. They do energy healing as well, as we've heard from Ashtar Sherhan, um, who's in charge of the um, Ashtar Command. All right, so Pleiadian uh, starseed traits. Okay, this is what it says. They're likely, in terms, likely young in terms of soul age, yeah, but most of the Pleiadians live longer than us. They live like a thousand years or something. And they are definitely um, a more advanced civilization than us. They're ahead of us on the spiritual path, I think. But it doesn't mean that each individual person is more uh, advanced than us spiritually because we might be more advanced, they might be more advanced. Who's to say? Depends on how fast you advanced your own soul through your own studies and your own help, you know, helping yourself through this. So, I mean, you could go super fast or super slow. It's up to you. It doesn't matter. It's not worse or better one way or the other. It just is what it is anyway. Um, so, but if you are a Pleiadian star seed and you're originating from there and now you're here, you might come across as being wise and mature as an earth being. And you might be empathic, strongly so, uh, a humanitarian. You have a big mission on earth and you feel like you've always had this weight of the world on you because you have a big mission on earth. If you're Pleiadian starseed, you might be very good with children and animals and family oriented, gentle in nature, of course. You don't like harm of any kind or violence. You're perfectionist perfection and perfectionist. Sorry. Uh, you might, uh, be, uh, strong 
in your feminine nurturing energy, quite possibly. You might be a people pleaser to your own detriment, though. That might be a downfall for being a Pleiadian starseed. And you might be very polite and soft-spoken. Wow, I'm not channeling my Pleiadian DNA when I uh, speak, usually. (laughs) I try to be polite, but I fail quite often (laughs) at that. And if you are looking at your Enneagram, your personality on Earth might be INFJ, INTJ, INTP, INFP, or ISFP. So out of the 16 personality types, you might be one of those five. I myself vacillate between INFJ and INTJ, but I'm originating on Earth. So, you know, like I said, take the stuff the grain of salt. If you're Pleiadian, you're probably most likely to be drawn, very drawn to spirituality, astrology, space and astronomy, and metaphysics. Of course you are. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. Skilled healers, extremely gifted in the arts, creative fields, and counseling. That is if you are Pleiadian. Uh, You're able to spread love easily, of course. Wishes everyone else was just as loving as you are. Yes, for sure. You can be a highly sensitive person. And this one's weird because she says you might have North European or Nordic heritage. Well, if you're starseed and originating from there, you're not necessarily going to be definitely just Northern European. You know, I mean, you could be, you know, from Africa and black and be, you know, a Pleiadian starseed. You can be you know, Latino, you can be anything and be a starseed from another place. So that's kind of weird she would put that. I'm just saying that's just, (laughs) anyway, if you are pleading, you would understand the balance between all the opposites, sun, moon, light, dark, you know, whatever, yin, yang, whatever. That's kind of obvious, right? That's something we're all trying to learn here, but, um, how to balance the bipolarity. But because Pleiadians already did that, they already understand that. Um, And this is weird because I'm going to say this is true of all star seeds. Might suffer with anxiety, depression, and self-esteem issues when not in alignment with their true nature. Yeah, I think that's probably the truth for all star seeds because you're you're homesick. You want to go back to your planet and what the hell are you doing on this crazy world anyway? You know, that seems to me like to be a thing. So let me say, uh, interesting facts about Pleiadian. She says they're more advanced than humans, but are young starseed race in comparison to the Arcturians or Syrians. And when I say Syrian, I don't mean people from Syria. I mean, the dog star Sirius A and B S I R I A N S. Anyway, they, then she says they look more Nordic by nature, light skin, light eyes and face hair. Or fair hair, I'm sorry, not face hair. <laughs> fair hair. I, I don't, I mean, that's what the Pleiadians look like, but I don't know if that means if you are a starseed here, meaning you reincarnated in a body on Earth from Earth, you are human right now. You know, it, it's kind of strange, but that's what they originally look like. Anyway, uh, she says there are over 75 million Pleiadians on Earth at any time. Is this true, God? Is there more or less? That's exactly true. So, yeah, uh, Prime Creator says yes. Muscle testing says yes. 
Pleiadians are drawn to water animals like such as dolphin, dolphins and whales. They're most likely to incarnate as female on earth to exude the intense feminine energy. God's I'm calling bullshit on that. I think there's equally amount amounts of equal amounts of uh, male Pleiadians or, you know, being male on the planet, I think. That's kind of funny. And it says, Pleiadians often identify with water, zodiac signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. I don't think that's true, necessarily. I, you know, it just depends on what you are, what you're born as. Anyway, um, Pleiadians on Earth find roles such as spiritual mastery, psychology, healing, child care, and environmental fields such as ecology, Muscle testing on that one says yes. Okay. Now we go to the Syrian star seeds or the dog star. Woohoo! Or woof woof. Sirius dog star is also known as Alpha Canis Majoris and it's been a focal point for many uh, midgens and lefts, I was going to say. I meant legends and myths. Wow. Dyslexia is strong today. <laughs> anyway, there's a good reason for it because Sirius is the most important star in the sky when it comes to evolution here. It's believed that Earth is now heading towards a Syrian culture at a rather rapid rate. That's interesting. I did not know that. And it says uh, the brightest star in the Earth's sky is Sirius B. And a lot of Syrian uh, people are originating from there um come from the planets well she's saying the planet series a and series b okay let's get this straight when you look in the sky you're not seeing the planets i don't believe series a and series b you're seeing the star series a and the star series b and then there's planets near those stars and that's where the beings originate from so because series a and series b are stars not planets so gotta unravel this this is like one of those where uh, oh we gotta take it all to grain of salt we're just doing this one for fun tonight all right um so series b is a water planet that supposedly houses dolphins whales and mer people well again series b is a star not a planet but the planets near this star house dolphins whales and people, right is serious a and b stars are they planets okay yeah i'm right god just told me all right it vibrates at an incredibly so the worlds there vibrate at an incredibly high non-physical six-dimensional frequency and it's believed that the two uh solar systems give rise to the awakening of humans I, she says it's widely believed. Um, never heard that one before. It's not widely believed because I've never heard it, let alone don't believe it necessarily. So it's kind of weird. Anyway, she says the purpose of Syrians are guardians of the world and peacekeepers. Well, which world? Their own world? It's kind of strange. Uh, the sole aim is to watch over our evolution and guys during times of turbulence. Well, that's maybe the Syrian star seeds, not people still there. <laughs> I don't think they really give a crap about us one way or the other. If they're over there now, still there. Anyway, so we'll say uh, Syrian star seeds uh, 
have a secondary mission of bringing divine harmony, love, peace, and, you know, and those kinds of happy, 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 joy, joy, kind of, <laughs> um, emotions and energies to all those who walk on earth. So when they're here watching the earth, this benevolent soul group teaches us true states of the universe and the lengthy history and they help to fill in our gaps and knowledge, whatever field it might be. So that sounds very interesting. Uh, Syrian starseed traits. Obviously, you, you're going to be drawn to Sirius star system. When you go out, you look up at the stars in the sky at night, there's going to be always like that one place where you're constantly staring. For me, it's Orion. <laughs> for sure. The and, and secondary for me is Pleiades. So, yeah, I, I get that quite a bit. Um, so, Syrian star seeds open, are very open-minded. They lead a simple spiritual life. They struggle to express their personal feelings. They are very much drawn to caring for the earth during our evolution. They're Gaia's people, you know, so they're champions of our planet, which is nice. They're very loyal um, as far as being friends uh, with others, they maintain a tight circle of friends. They have a fantastic sense of humor and they're not afraid to act silly. Well, gee, by this description, I must be this, right? <laughs> Syrian. Uh, anyway, they feel like they have a mission to save nature or animals. They are drawn to lost civilizations, myths, and legends. Uh, they tend to be calm and adjusted, intense daydreamers. They might be attracted to the water and ocean if they come from the Sirius B star solar system, uh, have a difficult time expressing emotions in relationships and interesting facts about the Syrian race. If you are a Syrian star seed every August, you can connect with the high vibrational loving energy of the Syrian race during the Lionsgate portal, which is on August 8th every year. The ancient Egyptians built the pyramids to align with the Sirius constellations. This is an homage to the goddess of magic, motherhood, and fertility there in Egypt. Syrians struggle to express emotions and find it difficult to open up. They lead a very simple life. They're not power hungry. They rarely seek out to have a lot of material possessions. They won't do that really. They uh, rather value their personal freedom. And dusting your tchotchkes is not personal freedom, so they probably don't have a Hummel collection. <laughs> All right, Arcturian starseeds. Now, this has got to be interesting. Uh, so, according to this, she says the Arcturian starseeds, of course, they originate from um, the Arcturus uh, star system, which um, is inside the Boots constellation, B O O T E S. It is said that the Arcturians built a prototype of how life should be lived on Earth within their own star system. And, of course, this is light years ahead of where Earth is now in terms of evolution. I mean, because they're way, way above us anyway. Um, so she says Arcturians are born leaders with strong personalities. They often form part of the most advanced civilization in our known universe. What? They form part. I'm sorry. They form part of the... Mo okay, so basically they have an advanced civilization. Well, yes, probably true, maybe, but 
that's interesting that you'd say that. And she says that they are in the fifth dimension only. I'm going to tell you right now, they're not in the fifth dimension only. Um, Arcturians, am I still connected to you? I forgot to disconnect from them the other day. <laughs> All right, I am. Muscle testing suggests. So, um, are, do you have Arcturians in the fifth dimension? Below? Okay, in the seventh, ninth, eleventh. So, apparently there are Arcturians that are in the fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh dimension. So, She's supposed to be talking about star seeds, and then she says that they exist in the fifth dimension only. It's like if you're an Arcturian star seed on Earth, <laughs> sorry, sister, you're in the third dimension. <laughs> that would be really terrifying, I think, for an Arcturian to be here. Um, you know, the way they talk about our world being a little, you know, it just, it just, they can't imagine it. They can't because they've never been there. But I think most Arcturians exist in much higher dimension than the fifth dimension. Energetically, they vibrate super, super high. Anyway, um, so the lowest vibrational Arcturians in the universe are fifth dimension. Of course, if they're here, they're third to fifth. They're probably very, very high vibration when they're here, though. The purpose of Arcturians... Um, are to be leaders and builders, architects and planners of the world. They're strong-willed beings and they naturally command leadership. That's probably true. But not in a but in a good way, not in a um, you know, iron fist sort of way. No fist, open hand, open heart. That's what I think. Um so if you're an Arcturian star seed, you might like to be innovative and want to advance uh people forward through your inventions you might move the world into a brighter better future you might be a pioneer dedicated to your soul mission and so arcturians are very logical in their thinking they like science technology city planning coding architecture those kinds of things and um it says surprisingly arcturians possess emotional abilities okay if you're a starseed living in a human body you're going to possess all of the Pepsi bodies, physical, emotional, um, psychological, spiritual, individual bodies. You have all of the overlays because it comes with a physical human body. It doesn't come with a human soul. It's a physical human body trait to have all of those things. So obviously you have the ability to be emotional if you are, um, in a physical human body. So anyway, many Arcturians are natural leaders. I mean, healers, and they possess the inborn ability to become a shaman if they feel uh, called to that. And they're gifted at divination and channeling. According to this, uh, Arcturian starseed traits are obviously drawn to the Arcturus star system, natural born leaders, very charismatic, incredibly telepathic. They can receive information via the mind and also they're able to communicate with others via the mind they're highly passionate about their work they are great public speakers logical thinkers organizers and planners of the world um, and probably their own life they probably write a lot of lists like virgos <laughs> they love attention they're extroverted they might seem big-headed or egotistical if they're out of alignment which can be true for everybody highly intelligent motivated 
they will climb the corporate ladder on earth and they they have a tendency to rise to the top uh they find um fields such as science data mathematics communication technology medicine engineering and architecture interesting fascinating uh they want to know how things work they are compassionate they're guarded with their emotions they're callous sometimes in the way that they come across when they're not in tune with other people's emotions i think they could get kind of spacey on that um they're gifted at divination and tarot they're good channelers of course they're confident or very confident with a high drive for success interested in the mathematical side of spirituality like sacred geometry natal charts etc and they show anger when they're upset well you know yeah welcome to the club of like hello everyone it should not even be on the list but obviously it is um <laughs> and they want to live in a world where spirituality and science can blend well that sounds like my show doesn't it maybe i'm an arcturian no muscle testing says no i know i'm an earthling <laughs> so um there we go all right now we're next going to go to the andromedan star seeds they're earth's galactic neighbors they're only two and a half million light years away <laughs> only andromedans are an incredible loving gentle telepathic race originating from the spiral shaped galaxy of andromeda sometimes known as m31 <laughs> to us i guess andromedans have pure energy like a child she says like childlike based on her meditations and interactions with them i lived on one of the planets in the andromeda star system um for 20 years and i've gone back several times so technically i'm hundreds of years old by now <laughs> um i can go live with them for a long time and then they can bring me back to where i started from i've done that three times four times no three times so yeah that adds 60 years to my actual age <laughs> anyway um while your body's sleeping you can go off in your spirit body and you can go live there with them and so i find that true they're very childlike in a very gentle sweet pure they're wholesome they're just wholesome so she says i like to call them the children of the earth for this reason so if you're an andromedan star seed in fact she says there's 800,000 andromedan souls right now existing on earth which is tiny compared to the other races but is this true god yes is there more is there so she's right on when it comes to the um numbers by the way i don't know who i'm saying she i don't even know there's no name on this article anyway the andromedans are known as quiet warriors they play important roles while attracting very little attention to themselves i don't see them as warriors but i do see them as solid and strong in their abilities to interact with others they have a very sense a good sense of fairness and justice i mean it's but they just they want everybody they're always like considering other people and and that they want other people to have every they want everyone to have equal everyone should be not like communists you know where they're crazy about it but 
you know, with the bread lines and whatever, you know, everyone getting the exact same whatever. I don't mean that. I mean, um, they just, they make sure that everyone's happy. They, they are very concerned about other people's welfare as far as their, um, you know, making sure everyone has enough to eat, they have enough clothing, they have shelter, they've got love. They're very making sure, very much making sure that other people have love, at least from the society that I lived among. I don't know what planet I was on, though, just to be honest. Anyway, um, <clears throat> according to this article, they say that Andromeda and Starseeds don't serve a soul group mission on, or a purpose, but they're just placed on Earth to serve a very, very specific purpose only known to themselves. <clears throat> and they are extremely gifted at accessing the Akashic records, which can help an Andromedan starseed discover their true purpose after they reincarnate, which that would be cool. Um, it says, of course, they need time to adjust to Earth because they naturally exist in forms up to the 12th dimension. I believe that. I, Because, I, I mean, I was able to go in my spirit body and somehow I fit in. I don't know. I think that I formed a new body and I was there. I'm not sure what happened. It was very weird. <laughs> I was able to just go over there and be there. It was very weird. But it says that Andromedans find it very difficult to match Earth's heavy and dense frequency. God, I totally relate to that. The change in frequency affects the ease in which Andromedans can incarnate on Earth. So they only retain a small percentage of their true energy, which is startling to them. Uh, so Andromedans are incredibly heart centered. They're masters of anything art and science related. Yeah. I find that too. When I was sta staying over there, I loved, loved being over there. I just never wanted to leave. And, um, so the balance between the right and left hemisphere in their brain gives a unique position in the universe but they feel a tug of war during the waking lives about what they're supposed to do versus what they want to do. And they find it difficult. The star seed traits of the Andromedan star seeds are they may or may not be drawn to Andromeda. They have a purpose. They know they do, but they don't know what it is. Maybe <laughs> they have a light or white aura. They act childlike, innocent, but they're not childish. They're childlike. They're filled with wonder and they're happy because of it. Um, introverted observers tend to blend into the background while they watch other people. See, I, I fit all these descriptions right here too. True freedom seekers. Yes, I believe that's true. They're <clears throat> empathic, but they might guard their emotions if they've had previous trauma and conflict like, you know, everyone else on earth. Um, they have a strong desire to travel the world or maybe just visit one place in particular. They're very creative and also logical be beings. They love anything creative or science related. This sounds like every single uh, group she's mentioned so far. They, <laughs> they might be found in any field, okay? So, but they might be drawn to the spiritual jobs like being a writer, Reiki healer, tarot reader, musician, teacher, counselor, artist, those kinds of things interested in spirituality and metaphysics. They might suffer from a deep rooted anxiety or depression, if not in alignment, which is like everybody else she's mentioned so far. <laughs> it doesn't really help us because anyone, even if you're an earthling from earth and you've never been anywhere else, you could also suffer from these things for the same reason. If you're not in alignment anyway, 
they have a strong telepathic ability and they can open up new energetic pathways between galaxies. Well, that's very interesting. And I believe that's true about the Andromedans. They're strong telepaths. So when they want to, they can have a strong sense of humor and they're full of joy and gratitude. That's what I, I discovered when I was in this one world there. I feel like they're just, every day is a celebration there. I loved them. If you want to hear about my experiences over there, I did do a show in my first season about this. I think maybe even in the second season. And I have uh, channeled them a couple times. They're very interesting. And they want us to know about their culture so that we could compare and contrast and see if there's anything from them that we would like to borrow. And they're okay with that. They're more than okay they're not going to come back at us in two generations and say, cultural misappropriation, <laughs> how dare you still our happy, joy-filled ways. They would never do that. They're very magnanimous about who they are. They have a magnetic aura. It puts earth souls at ease when they're around the Andromedan starseeds. Okay, next we have Orion starseeds. Now, of course, they come from one of the most known and well-documented constellations in the universe, the Orion constellation which contains hundreds upon hundreds of stars and this includes Rigel and Betelgeuse 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 bracing myself no one showed up okay is there one here no okay <laughs> anyway Betelgeuse is a super red giant or super giant star anyway those are just two of the stars Rigel I like that okay like that name all right they are relative so if you're an Orion starseed you'll be relatively secretive unlike the other starseed types you might have um, positive and negative races on earth um, from the Orion galaxy yeah that from the Orion there are positive and negative beings for sure absolutely I'm currently living two lifetimes over there in two completely different looking races um, and they're very positive both of both of the ones that I'm living right now very high vibrational um one is very just people live very simply they just they go to work they have you know they have fun together they telepath they don't even open their mouths to speak and um the other one we do both we talk out loud and also with um telepathing but very very much into meditation on my other one so yeah it's crazy um anyway uh so if you're an orion starseed it's possible you'll be a true knowledge seeker and um very much interested in science and orions like to learn just no matter what the subject is though um uh, people from this area tend to be uh extremely logical and it says highly mentally polarized. I don't know what, then what that means exactly. Um, she says they're very in tune with reasoning and practicalities as opposed to their emotions. Oh, I see. Mentally polarized, meaning they're not very emotional. Orions are the complete opposite of Andromedans, according to this article. Uh, they are the type of being that requires hard proof before they will freely accept something a belief or otherwise their purpose on earth is to improve the civilization's knowledge in uh, technology medicine and science their personal spiritual missions are to open their own heart centers and learn to be more trusting but of course not all orion starseeds are the same there's so many planets filled with life over there 
Um, and she says, ever heard of Mintakens? Mintakens. I have heard of this. Uh, this is the Min, Minnetonka or Mintakens. They're starseeds that originated from a planet that used to exist in the Orion Belt. And I have heard about this through the Cosmic Empress channel on YouTube. And she said that they tend to be like mer people. They're uh, mermaids, mermen. And there's a lot of watery uh, personalities over there. Very emotional, very loving, very much interested in socializing and parties and stuff. So if you're from, if you're a Mintakan, you might be from the Orion side of it, but you're going to be way different in personality. Um, the original light workers are the Mintakans. They're here to teach us the value of potential in ourselves, in others, and in life. They don't exist on Mintaka anymore, obviously, because their planet is no longer there. But if they do exist on Earth, they feel more homesick than other starseeds types because, of course, their home world is gone. It's very sad. So, um, so when I said Orions have bad races too, okay, yes, gray aliens, the grays, extraterrestrials, they are a particular subrace of Orions. They're stuck here reincarnating on Earth life after life. Well, the gray aliens that abduct me are not stuck on Earth. They just abduct me. Urgh. Anyway, their karmic cycle and their interference with human beings, um, it's, uh, it says, this doesn't make sense, this sentence here. Anyway, so they do interfere with us, and then that becomes their karma, and then sometimes they will actually reincarnate here sometimes because of what they've done by interfering with us. They get stuck. Um, yeah, it just says, I said that, and then it says here, the next sentence, they're believed that they have traumatized and hurt humans, which galactically means they're stuck here karmically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to clarify, Orions are not a bad star, starseed type. There's just different starseeds. They're different to other starseeds in the way they think and function. But they're also, you know, there's so many different you know, types of beings from Orion. You might be completely different from what we're describing here. So Orion starseed traits, of course, drawn to the Orion constellation. You guys, I can't stop staring at it when I'm outside. When I see the stars, I'm always like, where's Orion? i got to find Orion. <laughs> Um, they're compassionate activists about things they're interested in. They're task oriented. They love their work. They're likely to be entrepreneurs. They're true knowledge seekers. They love to learn. They dream of inspiring and leading others. They're Jack of all trades type. Okay. Doing a lot of things about a lot of topics. That's see, I know I'm Orion as a star seed, even though I'm not a star seed originally. I'm from here, but yeah, I lived there a lot over there. Interested in biology, chemistry, physics, and astronomy. Yes, all of the above. Um, terrible in chemistry, but I always aced biology. <laughs> physics, I never took, but metaphysics, yes. Um, it says, often on, incarnated on Earth as a Virgo, a Taurus, or a Capricorn. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of weird. Calm and adjusted. Eh. Okay. Rarely gets angry or shows outbursts of emotion. Mm. Eh. 
<laughs> Unintentionally comes off as cold. Yeah, for sure I do. Holds logic above all else. Yeah, I come off as cold a lot of the time. Just in general, when I'm out, out and about. Or as we say in Minnesota, oot in a boot. <laughs> um, so the Mintak and Starseed traits, they have different uh, traits. Um, let me see here. Well, they love being on Earth, of course, because it's so close to their own home water worlds. And, you know, because they have the water element, because we are a water planet. They're drawn to the ocean and oceanic beings, you know, dolphins and whales, of course. They're kind, nurturing beings. Mintakans are amazing. They can be too flighty with their emotions if they're not grounded. People call them the original light workers, I guess. Um, they're interested in anything involving water, marine biologists, oceanography, ecology, natural resources. They're in tune with their earth mission and purpose. And the interesting fact is that most star seeds have at some point spent time in the Orion constellation. Orion is classed as a learning station for other star seeds. I think that's possible. I think that that is absolutely true. Um, because I'm an earthling, but I've been in the Orion galaxy, you know, over there in that, in those areas, um, on several different planets, many, many times. I feel very much in alignment with the Orion, um, area energy. It's kind of strange. Well, the rest of the article goes into Lemurians, Atlanteans, which are here from, you know, they were here on Earth, but they might have been originating from other places, Alpha Centauri and, and Orion and the like. Um, obviously, there's there were a lot of other races here in Lemuria and Atlantis. Um, you know, centaurs were actually on Earth for a while. Um, mer people, unicorns, all of these things, even dragons, actual dragons. I think they all came from other planets. And during the Atlantean times, they were quite just, it was just normal to see them. So, um, she goes into all this other stuff. That's very, very weird. Like rainbow indigo. None of those are, are technically star seeds. I mean, you can be that and be a star seed, but it's more of a generational thing. It's not necessarily, you know, if you're an indigo child, doesn't mean you're from the planet indigo or whatever. There's not a planet or a star cluster that you come from if you're indigo. It just means when you're born on the planet and what your mission is in your soul group or whatever. So I'm not going to go through any of those that she has listed because it doesn't make any sense for me. And then she's saying that there's light worker star seeds, but I'm sorry, she's getting this confused again. Light workers are light workers. It doesn't matter where you come from. You could be only from Earth and never went anywhere else and still be a light worker. And if you're a star seed here, most likely you are automatically light worker because you're here, here to bring more energy, positivity, and light here anyway. And that's exactly what a light worker is. So it's not really like, this is just kind of a generalization, light worker starseed traits. So you can't, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go over one more, one last one, and then I'm going to do continue this for next Thursday. Uh, we'll make this a part two next Thursday. So Maldek is a rarely documented, perhaps because there's only a few known references to the planet in ancient astronomy scriptures. 
I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I've never heard of an astronomy scripture. <laughs> I mean, as, what? Anyway, um, you mean ancient astronomy books? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Maldek. Um, all right. It's rarely documented. I have heard of Marduk. I have heard of Maldek. There was something else to do with this that I've heard of. Um, I keep thinking Mel- M- Melchizedek, my friend who is an archangel. The one who told me I'm an archangel, by the way. Um, all right, anyway. Uh, it says, long before Earth was what it is today, it's believed that Maldek was a planet in our solar system with an endless supply of watering watery water and greenery excuse me um excuse me i need some water (laughs) the reason its civilization died out was because of robotic technologies like people today and people became lazy sick riddled with disease and through future incarnations on earth where they relocated their spirits they vowed not to make the same mistake again maldex find are found to play specific roles on earth, educating humans to make better choices in health, politics, and technology. So, I mean, that's very strange, and that's the only information she has on this. Um, it's quite possible, Maldek, but I also heard it was called Marduk. So, I don't know. Um, I heard that it blew up. <clears throat> I heard that that's why, you know, we're we have so much debris in the Milky Way galaxy that there's, um, that's why it's so milky. <laughs> it's not actual milk. Obviously it's debris from a blown up planet. That's possible. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak, the podcast. I will be back, um, next week with part two of, of this one and I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming just like always but for now I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension till next time guys peace guys i've been making episodes of metaphysical soul speak the podcast for a while now and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast well i have two solutions for this question number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to nine dollars and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via zelle bank to bank or through paypal using my email mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com also located in the show description now with this option you aren't 
uh, obligated monthly in any way. And you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.